On behalf of Hospice of the Piedmont, welcome to this episode of the E-Series, an educational podcast aimed at engaging our community, exploring relevant topics, and educating about ways to connect with our organization. Funding for the E-Series is provided by the Dr. John A. Lusk Fund for Hospice and Palliative Care Education. My name is Ryan Biagini, and I am your host. Today, we're excited to continue the caregiving dialogue with a candid conversation between Cher Burke, a volunteer with Hospice of the Piedmont and the facilitator for our Hospice Caregiver Support Group, and two previous support group participants, Jeff and Pub. Jeff and Pub began a three-year caregiving journey with Jeff's father shortly after the death of his mother in 2018. Together with Cher, Jeff and Pub reflect on their caregiving experience and offer practical advice for current caregivers related to the benefits of vulnerability, self-awareness, and self-care. Let's listen in. It's so good to see you and to be with you both again. We met during the caregiver support group that we were all a part of a few months ago. And um, you were a part of it because Jeff, your father was um, nearing his end of life and you and Pub decided that you were going to take on the journey of being his caregivers. So I'm so grateful that you've come back today to be able to share a little bit with us about how that journey went for you. Yes, it's our pleasure to be here. Thanks, Chair. Good. Um, Just to get started and maybe a little background, I wonder, uh, could you go back a little bit and tell us briefly how you came about uh, being his caregiver? Yeah, sure. So uh, my mom had uh, passed away, so he had been the caregiver for her for a long time. And uh, then after she passed away, uh, in 2018, he started to kind of go downhill. Um, and so at that point, Pub and I were, were living abroad, <clears throat> and it just seemed like a good time to kind of come back, move back to the U.S. And, and sort of help out the family. You know, my brother had been really involved with my mom and, and my dad in the caregiving, and so it seemed like it would be <clears throat> a good opportunity to help out there. So I moved in uh, with my dad. And then uh, my wife joined us uh, about a year later. So that's sort of <clears throat> where we, we started with it. And um, yeah, he, he was with us for, with me for three years, we lived together. Yeah, that's such a transition. I'm thinking um, of the transition for you two to come to live here rather than abroad and also to take him into your home and Uh, It sounds like, Jeff, you were doing this job of caregiving for a while before Pub joined you. And so there's lots of transitions there. Um, That must have been a trying and challenging time. I wonder uh, how did that go for you? And, And also, when did you make the decision to move from being his just caring for him to calling hospice in? I know that's kind of a big question, but. Well, I think, first of all, definitely having support was really important all along the process. So even initially, before I came back on the scene, uh, we were able to connect with a local organization called Seniors Helping Seniors, and that was really a great help. So we had um, some outside support there, and we continued with that all the way, basically, till the very end. 
Um, and then <clears throat> I think also too, along those lines, just having um, <clears throat> support from friends and family uh, made it easier. And when, <clears throat> when I was with him on my own, he was more able to do all those kinds of things that one does on their own. And then when my wife was able to join us, that's when, yeah, it, he, his health deteriorated more. And so having, having a team definitely uh, made, made things a little bit easier. I'm sure it did. Pub, that was a big job for you to take on, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I want to add something. I mean, before I move uh, to live with him, we actually have conversation before like if it's okay with me to take care of him too so that I think that's important because it's, it will be part of my my job at home so and when we talk about that we and we agree that it's okay with me and that is yeah that is a big job to take on and um how important it is I think I felt like this all along. You two have been such a team together, um, working things through and talking, talking about how everything was going to be. Um, Pub, there was a time, I'm going to refer back to uh, part of our caregiving support group, but you were talking about how different it is to deal with um, end of life here in America as opposed to in Thailand. I wonder if you might just speak to that very briefly. Yes, I think I will not have the comparison because we don't have hospice in Thailand. Mm -hmm. it, it's up to the family what, what they want to do in Thailand. And for my understanding, I think most of the time people, the end of life will happen at the hospital, not at home. Mm -hmm. And almost all the time, if it happened at home, that person would die alone. Like somebody find them at home. So they don't have a chance to say goodbye or have the last word with family and friends. But here, because we knew that it was coming. So at uh, his uh, Jeff's dad, John, at his stage, we, we knew that we have a little bit of time to get the family together and then say goodbye or meet him the last time. Mm -hmm. So that that the big difference, I think. That is a big difference. <clears throat> I think that's a real interesting new dimension that you brought to it is just a fresh look at it without having any kind of background information on how hospice might work. Um, it was all new to you. That's really, really fascinating. Um, did you find that very challenging, both of you, just the last days and the physical and emotional and mental, maybe the last few months when you had hospice coming, 
How did that feel to you personally? I think it was challenging the whole time since the beginning. And the news of his cancer coming back is unexpected. And so for me, it's not, it wasn't my decision. What should we do? So Jeff talked to his family about that. And I, I knew that staying in the hospital wouldn't have made him happy. So that how we decided to, to bring him back home and do hospice at home. But I think it's very challenging for everyone. I mean, for me and for Jeff. And the, the first day that he came back home, the hospice nurse gave us the manual. And I think because my personality, I like to prepare. So I, I wanted to know what, what would happen. And then I think it took me three times to, to read and not crying. Mm. Like, it's just too hard for me to go through the manual that written and then seeing him go like went through every state is very hard and it's, it was getting worse the closer we get to the end. And I, I would also just add in terms of that transition that <clears throat> there was also some relief with the transition. So, you know, before hospice, uh, just in those years of being with, with an older person, there's a lot of challenges in terms of all kinds of health things that come up and going to doctors and having tests and, you know, just getting him out with, with the pandemic as the background to all of that as well. We went through that time. Uh, I think when hospice came on the scene, there was an incredible sense of relief because they're so organized and professional that uh, there's just no comparison to any experience we had had with the medical system before. Um, so they, in some ways, they, you know, they really made that transition and that process very easy for us. Um, and we definitely appreciated, appreciated all that support. I wanted to add something. I think at that time I had to deal with my emotion too, especially the day that we found him on the floor. And then it just, like, sometimes I, I mean, I admitted that at that time I had, uh, can you say devil idea? Like, when this is going to be over? But then I, I couldn't ask anyone. So I asked this question in the support group that I went to. Like, 
was it normal that I had that thought in the back of my head? It's not. I'm not a bad person. I mean, but why did I have that thought? And is it common? And that thing I have to deal with when it get too intense. Yeah. At the house, so I think going to support group and listen to other people help help me in a way that not my situation. Is dealable. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and and common. I would I would say that you mentioned whether was it common and how how am I supposed to emotionally feel? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's so overwhelming to care for your loved one. That I'm sure that's the way you were feeling. It's like I don't know if I can do it, and I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I. And it's really hard to admit those things. That's a really hard thing. But in a group where you hear other people's stories and you say, oh yeah, this is, this is a common feeling and it doesn't make me, like you said, any, like I'm not a bad person for feeling challenged and even to the place where this is more than I can do. Um, I think that's the value of being together in a group where you, you hear other people's stories as well. I appreciate you sharing that. I know how hard it is to go through these emotions within yourself and at the same time think through how does that feel if I would be the one uh, who is nearing the end of my days? How does that feel for them? How does it feel for me? And there's so much to carry. Um, it's uh it's challenging. It really is very challenging. The more help we can get, the better. And, and I would just add to that, Cher, that um, I had never <clears throat> participated in a support group before, and I definitely uh, had some reluctance about it because I felt like, oh, I'm fine. We're fine. You know, we don't need that. But um, it definitely made a big, a big difference for both of us, and I'm really, really glad that we did it. Oh, I appreciate that. I think um, I think it's a wonderful opportunity to um, find other uh, like-minded. And uh, I know you connected a lot with Carrie in our group. And I think she benefited from that so much from hearing from you as well. Hi, friends. It's your host, Ryan Biagini. Join us for future episodes to learn more about the innovative work our organization is doing specific to understanding and supporting caregivers and how you can engage with us to be a part of this exciting community change. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to be sure not to miss an episode. And now let's get back to the conversation. How did you feel you did in general when you look back on having been caregivers? Um, what did you feel that you did well, do you think? I, I, I don't think we, we knew what we did well because we didn't have any examples. We, I mean, for me, I never been near this journey before and I didn't I didn't know what what to do at that time but I just did what I think 
it was best for that situation. And and if I didn't know something or if we had problem, I call hospice most of the time. But it didn't happen to me many times. But I I I don't know. I still as of today, I still don't know. But I think I did the best I, I could at that time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we like you were saying, Pub, we, we didn't have anything to to measure it against, but I think um just just being able to to get through it, you know, like that we were successful because we we got through it and so it it was it was hard absolutely yes yes it's it's often hard to know well did I do a good job didn't I do a good job and but you did it was beautiful the way you cared for him and uh even through trying times if he's found on the floor I mean Mm. that's a very challenging moment and uh and still being able to, to decide what to do or to call hospice, I believe you called at that point or called yes, for help. Did. Yeah. And, and we, we found out that uh, if that happened again, we should call um, 911, non uh, emergency number. Yeah. They, they have somebody that can help you. Mm-hmm. But at that time, we managed. I mean, mm-hmm. we, me, me, Jeff, and John, his dad, managed to get back to bed. Yeah, I think you feel so helpless, but to know that there is someone you can call for help in circumstances like that is very comforting. It just brings so much relief to your to your mind and heart. You're not all alone out here trying to figure things out. So, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder, um, was there, I know you commented that you had some help. You brought in some uh, local people. uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the agency that came to help you. Did you feel like there was, um, what was the shift that helped you decide, or did you ever decide that caring for yourself was as important as caring for him? I think so we we hire her before the hospice and we knew that hospice has volunteer too, but because we we have a dog and we at that time we didn't want new people coming to our house because Bella, our dog, is was so protective. So it it would get crazier than than what we have been through. But I think one day I just, I sat in the living room and I just feel that my body didn't act the same way that it used to be. And at that time, I realized that I need to do something for myself. So I thought I have to give me some space 
from that transition. So I, I would find excuses to get away from the house, like take my dog for a walk or move my office upstairs just, just to not being here all the time when I was awake. And to do that, I had to be mindful with my emotion and my body to realize what, what was wrong with me at that time. But I knew it's hard because there were lots of things going on right now. I mean, at that time. And so sometimes I just need a moment to, to be with myself, to just to see how, how I feel at that time. I think that's important. And it is equally important taking care of yourself and taking care of the person. Because if you get sick or you are not ready to take care of another person, what's going to happen? Because the person who is in that journey is like depend on you at that moment. So. Yeah. I really appreciate your comment about mindfulness. I think it's something we're all working on is to, uh, to know our own self, to know um, where we are and how we are feeling about a certain thing and where we are in our body. So I agree, I agree with you that, you know, take a breath and step back and be mindful of uh, where I am and how I'm feeling. I really appreciate you commenting that way. I think it's helpful for others to hear you say that. Um, is there anything that you might have done differently um, when you look back on it? I wanted to just add uh, one thing that that shifted for me um, okay. in that process, and that was uh, maybe connected to that idea of of being mindful and just recognizing that I wasn't okay. And so being able to, um, for instance, like uh, not have to always be professional at work, you know, so I, I was in a, I am in an environment where I could say, hey, this is what's going on. And so it kind of gave my coworkers more um, opportunity for empathy and understanding. Because most of the time I was fine, but then there would be times where I wouldn't be. And so I think just being transparent about that with, with work, but then also with friends and family, um, instead of just kind of always bottling it up and saying like, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, everything's fine. We're just dealing with this, but everything's fine. So being, being open about that, I think was, was a, a bit of a challenge for me, but I think it's something that definitely helped, helped me and, and those around me during that time. Such a learning curve, isn't it? To try to be open with other people about what's happening in your own life, what makes, you know, you, you aren't your hundred percent today because of all these things that are happening. I really honor you for taking the time or the space to be honest, not only with yourselves, but with those that you were in a community with. That's really great. I, I appreciate that so much. Um, 
Is there any words of wisdom that you might give to someone else who's coming along behind you in this journey? I think, as I mentioned before, taking care of yourself, that, that is the most important thing in that journey. Because at the end of the day, it's just you. And this journey ends soon. Could be weeks, could be months, but what are you going to do when the person is gone? Like it's just you that you also have to, to think about. And it just, I mean, doesn't matter how long you've been in that journey, it could affect a lot with your mental and emotion. You might turn in a different person after that journey ends. So being mindful and taking care of yourself is very important. Yeah. It, it won't be, it doesn't take the whole day, just five minutes a day. Mm. I mean, yeah. that's important. And I would just add to a couple of things. First, um, when I was thinking back on this recent experience, I was thinking about the expression that it takes a village, you know, and we use that when we talk about raising a child. Um, but I think it's true in, in death too. Um, it does take a village. And I think in some ways that is something that <clears throat> my dad struggled with when he was the caregiver for my mom, <clears throat> because he was from that different <clears throat> generation where he's like, ah, I got this, you know, I got this. This is my wife. I can do it. But, uh, you know, he struggled with that. And uh, so I think <clears throat> we learned that. And that would be one, one thing I would advice is uh, yeah try to get as much support as you can um, and then similarly I think um, the experience with hospice was great we never had any second thoughts about it um, no doubts once we started with them we knew that was the way to go uh, and the experience was really uh, positive uh, so yeah those are the, the words of wisdom that I have to share that's wonderful. I appreciate your comments about that. And um, we so uh, appreciate your time that you've taken today to spend time sharing your journey. I know it's, it's still fresh in your minds and hearts. And so we appreciate your vulnerability and being able to share with us. Thank you for taking the time. I'm sure that the things that you've been saying today will be taken to heart by those who uh, happen to see uh, or listen to our podcast. So Jeff, Pub, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the E-Series. I hope you were as inspired as I was by Jeff and Pub's caregiving story. They leaned in to support one another and reached outward for help from a hospice care team as the need of Jeff's father increased over time and his disease progressed. If you would like to learn more about how hospice care benefits both the patient and their family, visit www.hospiceofthepiedmont.org or call 336-889-8446.
You won't want to miss our next episode, The Joy of Caregiving, where CEO Trent Cockrum will welcome back one of our listener favorites, Dr. Elise Eifert, Assistant Professor and Graduate Coordinator for the Gerontology Program at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll receive a notification when this episode publishes. Until next time, I'm Ryan Biagini, and this has been the E-Series.